0: yeah no i think a modern
1: film student without a clapperboard i dare you Well, we should i should have got mine and we could have had a clapperboard off (laughs) which was all the range when we were at university (laughs) what's that it's just one of the it's just
0: one of those things that if you don't buy yourself a clapperboard which is a strange thing as a film fan to buy yourself yeah it's not really something you think of but if you don't buy yourself one uh, someone will buy it for you because you're a fat film fan um and they are cool that's like a cool little clapperboard yeah like it's a it's a it. solid it came with
1: chalk and stuff it's a solid like easy gimmicky gift to get someone yeah um, that's
0: fun it's a fun gift
1: but yeah now that i think about it i feel like Yeah, pretty much everybody that I know who we went to uni with most likely has a clapperboard somewhere within about 12 feet of them at all times. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, My one just stares at me longingly from the corner of the room while it gathers dust next to a ukulele that's almost never been played. (laughs) Um. (laughs) My guitar gently weeps. (laughs) Really, that over in that corner is just a collection of... uh, you know, hobbies and things that I've tried to achieve in my life that never got off the ground, like the ukulele or making films. Use this. <laughs> and it just there's also a pirate hat over there from the time I tried oh, to be a pirate. Connections a bit enough. Um. So yeah, just, there we go. Our connections back. Oh, thank goodness. What a fucking shambles this still is, Danny. I cannot <laughs> wait until this lockdown is over so we can get back recording the good old-fashioned way. Yeah. Where the laptop only breaks down on you some of the time and your phone stays fully charged (laughs) the whole time um yeah because and and we we managed to stay connected the whole time those were the good old days but this Mm. just feels like the norm now doesn't it in terms of recording do you remember what it's like to record in the same room Uh, i miss my corner corner of that coffee table i miss it yeah the little corner i miss looking at you in that corner if i'm honest Hmm. Um, because I think that I, miss being there. I still have a sense of normality because mm-hmm. I'm still sat in the same chair that I would be if we nothing's changed for you well nothing's changed for me <laughs> except the angle that my neck sits at because I look a different way now <laughs> I look towards the laptop instead of towards your corner Um, hmm. what I could start doing is positioning the laptop across the room <laughs> <laughs> in the corner be elaborate that would be good but it would make me feel like it make it feel like old times, Danny, and I think that that that's oh, what we're oh, missing um for more innocent times we uh how are you doing? What's the chat, baby? I t- get delivered it to I, me as if we haven't already like been talking for an hour, not recorded, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I did say to you literally
0: 10 minutes this just feels like the normal now it is really bizarre like um, and I, I do feel like every time I talk about it it's like hey I've got no complaints I'm in a financially good um, situation I'm like I've got basically everything I need in my flat I've got like shops so nearby I've not got any disabilities I've got company in the terms of Bernadette I'm in such a strong position that like uh, i would feel really bad complaining about even the remotest things yeah uh, it does suck that we can't go out and meet more friends and go out and enjoy like um stuff like cinema and stuff but in fairness it doesn't I've, I've i've come off pretty lightly in this whole situation this whole global disastrous pandemic i'm actually doing pretty good. yeah
1: I think that is a, a very positive way of looking at it. Like, I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or if I said it to you off mic, but I feel like the worst thing initially when, like, shit was hitting the fan, the kind of worst thing that happened to me was, like, I wasn't going to be able to go on the holiday that I had planned. Yeah. Uh, and also I was meant to go see Avril Lavigne live, which also <laughs> fell through. That is devastating for which you. Which was yeah. devastating for me. <laughs> I, obviously a huge fan. Um, But then it's, like, people around me, like, just had it so much worse like people were losing their jobs people were in the middle of trying to sell their houses um and like that was all falling apart because suddenly estate agents were closing and all this kind of stuff um people couldn't get like surgery that they needed like people fucking had relatives who were dying like relatives who were in the hospital who they couldn't get to anymore um I had friends who were like uh, uh, literally about to give birth, and it was like, oh fuck, this just became like a whole not mm. like you know that what is already a stressful situation just became a whole lot more stressful. Um, and it's like, man, I'm uh, you know, Avril Lavigne's been rescheduled. You know what I mean? Like we we will meet again. <laughs> um, so no, <laughs> that's one of her classics. I do agree with you, but it's it, it still, cover. I still feel like even even looking at it positively like that, there are still definitely good days and bad days uh i'm sure you're the same where there are days where i'm like this is fine this is fine just kind of kicking around like i still have to go to work right now but it's like you know this is fine outside of that like just taking life easy and you know just catching up on movies and i've been playing video games and just talking to friends on online and stuff like that but then you have the days where it's like oh man i just i wish this was over And there's just no sign of it being over at all. Which is the kind of scary part, I think. It's slow. Um, We obviously had some easings of the the lockdown restrictions this week. Not a whole lot. But, you know, to the extent where you can go meet someone who you don't live with in the park. As long as you fucking stay back from them. Um, (laughs) But, you know, which is still quite intense. But, like, it was at least nice on saturday to just like see some people in person and not just in 2d yeah for a change which was which was kind of nice um but even that it's like okay like how often are we really going to do that though like what you know i mean like how much do we achieve going and sitting in the park on like a cold on like a cold afternoon that we don't achieve by just talking over 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 skype or you know or other you know other video chat services are available (laughs) you do what you want man but, um I th- you have whichever one you want I think something that is suffering a little bit uh, is potentially the the, the not suffering because we're gonna make up for it but we we had a conversation earlier about that the, what we're gonna kind of talk about today where we're not doing uh, a film this week yeah uh, and a lot of that stems from the fact that like speaking for myself here it's like a lot of the ideas we kind of had for movies to watch were bad movies um and it kind of was this thing where i was like i don't want to watch these by myself like i want to watch these Hmm. next to my fucking buddy and we'll have some laughs and we'll take the piss out of the movie while it's on and then we'll come do like a silly podcast about it it's like i don't want to just sit by myself and watch this shit movie that hour and a half is gonna feel like an eternity you know what i mean um yeah and i think that's like something that I feel like yeah, like I'm gonna uh, like I think we 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 definitely need to start coming up with some you know, so like like, we, we we need to try and find some way to like do it where we can like almost watch the movie together, <laughs> um, yeah. Which uh, we I did try. I tried it with some friends last week. We watched uh, the Bye Bye Man. Uh, okay. Fucking terrible. Uh, we can talk about that later. <laughs> but um, we watched The Bye Bye Man, and the way we did it was we. Synced up the movie uh, and then kept it turned down relatively low on everyone's TVs so that, like, you didn't have a lot of the sound like bleeding through uh, your recording. Mm. But, uh, you know, no matter how much you try to kind of like eliminate that bleeding of audio, still a little bit, like, no matter how kind of perfect you feel like you got it. So we're watching the movie and it's like for a lot of the last kind of 20 minutes. You would hear the line on our tv and then through our laptop from our friend's speakers you could then hear the line be repeated but in like a kind of grainy shit audio quality version of it um and i was like i don't know i don't know if we'd be able to do this for second opinion i feel like it would we'd both just get like frustrated at our laptops and stuff yeah um but, you know, like I was going to recommend that we did uh, like Gemini Man because I've, I've been really wanting to do a Gemini Man episode because I really like Gemini Man. The rest of the world does not like Gemini Man. But I was like, no, I was like, I can't let Danny sit and watch Gemini Man by himself. Danny's going to need <laughs> me beside him to pause the movie. To tell me. To pause the movie at, at, at 10 free. minute intervals to tell you, to explain to you why what you're watching is actually quite good. <laughs> I was like, I can't leave him to his own devices I think it's because they, he's had too much outsider influence. <laughs> that's not me on Gemini Man. I was like, you need me there, man. Um, so we're going to save that one for another day, which I feel like is going to be our piece de résistance when it comes to episodes. I feel like that's going to be a good oh, one. Oh yeah, I feel like I've been building it up for a long time the Gemini Man episode, <laughs> and at some point we're finishing
0: this year, uh, this season of uh, Second Opinion on climax. Yeah, which is funny. Which
1: we have to do again. Like we we have to do that when we're together. Yeah, like, we can't do that because uh, normally, as well, normally when we record this podcast, normally we kind of take a break around summertime, um, for like a month or two. But th- this mm. year, it's almost kind of like we probably won't do that because, like, what would be the point, really? Um. Yeah, we're not doing anything. Anyway. I think the difference with this is we've definitely. It's not been as regimented in terms of the release schedule, I guess, has been the difference with lockdown. It's weird how, even though you have all this free time, like, I think because we try so hard to fill it in a way that, like, yeah. sometimes, yeah, sometimes it, it there, there does become some, like, schedule issues and stuff. But again, it's like, well, we're, life's moving at a slower pace. Why, why not have our podcast come out once every three weeks instead of once every two? You know what I mean? Um, exactly when really what we should be doing is making more content for people to listen to and stay <laughs> off the boredom every week second opinion <laughs> Um, but yeah so what uh, what are we going to do for today's episode we're just going to kind of chit chat chit chat a little bit of, of chit chat another kind of conversational episode we'll just talk yeah. about a bunch of random shit that's been happening stuff we've been watching I believe um, you have some, some questions um, I've got some on the spot is this questions? like a sort of like, have you been doing a lot of Zoom quizzes? Have you been doing a lot of like,
0: not a lot. Uh, but this isn't a quiz. This isn't a, like a, a a test of your knowledge. Mm. This is a this is a like a personal question. Like, a, sorry, of like a, a an opinion question okay. of a, a specific thing, and you're on the spot, and your name's Scott.
1: And that will tie into the title of the segment. That's good because a famous segment. I, if there's one thing I'm getting sick of during this lockdown, it is my general knowledge being tested by my <laughs> friends and peers. <laughs> uh, and what I've learned yeah, always in uh, the the ten, eleven weeks is something that I already knew, which is that I don't have very good general knowledge outside of the world of media. Since about 2005 (laughs) is kind of like where my knowledge sits. Like pop culture from about the year 2000 is where I'm like really fucking whip smart. Everything else is just like a black void because I can't learn anything else because it will push out all that unnecessary knowledge that I have.
0: (laughs) I love it. That's your era. That's your master. Did you know that
1: Postman Pat's surname is Clifton? i did pat clifton pat clifton that's a thing i learned recently mm-hmm. that's given me a lot to think about <laughs> do you know what the pig in charlotte's web is called no i feel like i would have seems wilbur I feel like i'd wilbur okay do you know who the oldest I feel like i have seen the do film. you know who the oldest member of one direction is of course i do who is it it's liam is it liam
0: it's I Liam. think it's Louie. I've just said what I said with confidence.
1: <laughs> you've got me doubting myself now.
0: <laughs> I didn't actually know it was Liam. I thought if I said Liam confident enough, you know, and then if it turned out to be right, I'd look amazing. Do you
1: know where when the original iPod was released? Yesterday. Was 2001, Daniel. 2001? Steve Jobs walked out onto that stage, and he said, put about 25 songs in your pocket and we'll we'll sort of build it up from there over the course of many, many years. (laughs) Give us 400 pounds for this, please. Um,
0: You're you're giving me a lot of knowledge here, man. uh,
1: I'm becoming wiser. Well, yeah, no, I just want to share with you some of the knowledge that I have both learned and bestowed upon uh, my friends and peers in the last 11 weeks. Um, Because we've not been involved in any kind of Zoom quiz together. Um, No. I don't feel like there's enough crossover there. Like, I feel like one of us would need to host the quiz you know what I mean <laughs> um, which is not happening it, it absolutely is not although it's actually surprisingly exhausting to make a quiz it's surprisingly exhausting to just be on zoom or like be on video calls yeah. I think I find it easy with like you and with the guys that I do d d with because it's something that is kind of transferable I guess. But when you're just having, like, a catch-up with someone over video call, I do... I find it quite tiring. Uh, And I did see a thing recently about, like, why that is, and a lot of it has to do with, like, that you kind of... Both people involved in the conversation, like, you kind of feel that there can't be that natural moment of silence because you're doing this more, like, active way of speaking to one another. So if there's a moment of silence, you immediately feel uncomfortable. Um... And on top of that, it's like, you know, if you can see yourself, you also have that kind of, like, you're you're worried about, like, your image a lot of the time and, like, the way you're kind of coming across and, like, stuff like that. And then I think you have to, like, work harder to read other people's kind of body language and things like that because, obviously, you're just seeing, like, a little square of me which has kind of chest up, you know, I mean, you've got my knee in shot as well, my... Yeah, listen to that slap, juicy. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we need the clap? Because I'm a shorts boy today. Because it's 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 been hot in Scotland this weekend. Hot as an understatement. It's been fucking <laughs> sweltering. <laughs> um, and we're all indoors. But uh, yeah, do you want to introduce the podcast, and then we can kind of we can kind of make a I move? I do want to. I'm, great. I'm glad. I do want to. I want to do that. We'll do it then. What? We can't let that moment <laughs> of silence people? happen, Danny, or we'll start to get stressed uh, out.
0: <laughs> I think it was more of a delay than a moment of silence. <laughs> I can blame it on the on the connection. Yeah, I've got that power. Now. <laughs> uh, what's up, people of Peopleton? Welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Danny, and co-hosting right over there. Same joke I always do. Scott Morrison's it's good. It's good, man. I like it. Welcome, Scott. You're on the set. How did you get here? It's great that you're here. (laughs) Welcome to the set of our new game show that we're playing, Scott on the Spot. I love (laughs) it. My ego is very happy that there's a game
1: show about me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It was actually about a different Scott, but since you're here, we'll take it. Well, that's fine. That hurt my feelings a little Uh, bit, but that's okay. Scott on the Spot. What's he got? Does he like it or not? is this all on, Scott on the spot is it all off the top of your head or was this written for the other guy <laughs> well it, it, it actually more applied to him but <laughs> uh, you can it, it like it's universal and this is only for you this is terrible podcasting i made that for you
1: Ah, oh, you, you made go. a logo it's a, it's a logo, no it's, a logo.
0: <laughs> it's called attention to detail brilliant i love it you know you know when you're uh, watching behind the films features and they're like oh but if you actually read this newspaper prop it's got like all of the details of like the world they live in but you could never read it because it's never on screen yeah
1: <laughs> i get you i get you <clears throat> i hate dvd special features now i feel like so many of them are just like here's the cast explaining the plot for 15 minutes <laughs> and that's it yeah, that's be- what counts for special features now um, yeah it used to be a lot more grander
0: maybe but then i don't buy many blu-rays yeah maybe no i'm the same special features are on blu-ray
1: i think i guess maybe it's a case of like the ones that i do are things like i buy like the occasional marvel movie or something like that which hmm. you know that is very much like their idea of special features is that generic like here's just the actors explaining the plot to various shots of us doing stuff behind the scenes and I'm like well I want to know how this was actually made because I feel like that'd be quite interesting whereas I feel like if I was to buy like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on Blu-ray I'm sure that would have like a lot of extra shit in it that I could could sink my teeth into or eyes. How did they make that? How How did they they make make the 60s come to life? (laughs) How did they go back in time to the (laughs) 60s and stop the Manson murders? Yeah how did they do it? Quentin Tarantino reveals all it was something to do with feet, probably. <laughs> so, Scott on the spot. Scott on the spot. Yeah, uh, is
0: I'm going to ask you a film question okay. of which you ha- will have an p- opinion. But you, Scott, could you uh, confirm to the audience that you've, you've not seen these questions before? Have you? I have
1: no idea what these questions are going to be.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to be quite uh, slightly elaborate. What if I'm and not? You've s- got to come up
1: smart enough to come up with an answer. Oh, it's
0: it's your specialist topic. It's film.
1: Well, hopefully. But it's got to be films after 2000. Always remember that.
0: uh, Okay, right. Okay, so that page is gone. That page is gone. That page is gone. It's a lot of pages. (laughs) right. Here we go. Can they... Is you say before the 2000s? Can they be set before the 2000s? Otherwise,
1: that's half my... Yes, I will allow
0: that. I will allow that. Okay. So it can come out in two thousand and six, but it can
1: be about the sixteen hundreds. I will, I will allow it. It's, it's, it's. You're on thin ice. But I will allow it. Technicalities, I know. Yeah, technicalities and semantics. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll start off with one. <laughs> okay. To put on the spot, Scott Morrison. Scott on the spot. What is a great film that you'll never want to see again? Oh.
1: Maybe like a Clockwork Orange. Ooh, okay. I've seen that once and I've never had any desire to go back and watch it again because I'm like, this is just, it's just not pleasant. Oh, fucking the one we watched together. Uh, fuck. The, the, the film that's haunted this podcast. Oh, Irreversible. Irreversible. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking, definitely. Fucking, yeah. That's the answer. 100%. Because <laughs> we've had conversations in the real world with friends that we, have you know because we have those <laughs> about that movie no, we and don't. we and we even talk about it on the episode i'm pretty sure when you go back and listen to it um where we talk about how like that is an effective movie because it got uh like i i think the reaction that the filmmaker wanted like it got that out of us you
0: know what i mean like yeah. in,
1: uh, to uh, to the point where it's so effective that it genuinely left me like unsettled for weeks after we watched it like it was just on my mm. mind all the fucking time uh so i feel like i would 100% it was it was really unsettling irreversible i know that's well, maybe like funny. a cop-outy one because we've talked about it at length and i i won't i, I don't have to go into it now but yeah i would say that's mm. my answer
0: a I, I reverse word, totally agree with you. It's funny that A Clockwork Orange also is, like, famous for its rape scene. So you have yeah. very much gone for a specific sort of greatness, which is understandable. Yeah. We're putting it on the record here, Scott Morrison doesn't like watching even simulated rape.
1: I'm not a fan of it in any, any <laughs> it's a
0: capacity. Um, it's a niche a hatred of his, but he'll he'll own it.
1: Yeah. it Films like that, where it's, like, there's g- graphic sexual violence, is... I would hope uncomfortable to anyone. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah. And I think something like Irreversible is a film that you see once and I think you've gotten what you... I feel like I got out of it what th- they intended me to get out of it and yeah. I don't want to experience well, you that you needed again. to get out of it. Yeah. yeah. Something like A Clockwork That's Orange, you could watch that for the appreciation of Stanley Kubrick's filmmaking. Uh, but uh it's kind of one of those films where like i say that i say i don't want to ever watch it again but then i i don't it's been so long that i don't really remember a whole lot about it at this point you know what i mean to the point where i kind of feel like if i was to watch it again aside from the bigger iconic kind of moments i feel like it would almost be like watching a new movie at this point so maybe i should try again
0: i think maybe you should because i really like a clockwork orange and i've uh i've I've actually read the book for *A Clockwork Orange*, and that—that's a Check. that's a, a good treat.
1: Yeah, it's, it's
0: all done in that. <laughs> it is really bizarre because it's all done in that language mm-hmm. that uh, that they they speak in in the film. Uh, so it is kind of really hard to like t- to get on board with to yeah. begin with. But then it's really cool because it's all through his perspective, um, and I really love the film. And it, like, it is like that graphic scene, and there's a lot of graphic violence in it. But it's just the the world he creates, and even that language, it's they do a fantastic job with that language in *A Clockwork Orange*, of it forever feeling teenager, even though like because because it, it doesn't conform to any teenage trends, it feels so timelessly teenager. Yeah, um, which is, and ugh, I think I think it's a really good film. I think it's worth a rewatch. *A uh, Clockwork Orange*, I feel like is my favorite Kubrick film. Ooh, I think maybe I, think I will
1: maybe I will watch it again and. uh Maybe I'll try and watch it again in time for the next episode and I'll come back with my thoughts. Okay, that'd be interesting. A Scott work orange, if you will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> A different Scott.
1: Yeah, no, not me. <laughs> the person this quiz was made for.
0: Yeah,
1: obviously. What is, uh, what is yours? Am I allowed to throw the questions back at you? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's not I, all about me. I
0: was, yeah. I would like it about to it. Uh, and one that I was like... I've always thought of, like, as a film that I've, I thought was really, really good, really well written, really well made, really interesting, but was just too brutal when watching it mm-hmm. was Synecdoche, New York. And I've probably said that word wrong. No, you, I think you said it right. Yes. Oh I think. Yeah. Um, that film, uh, I think, is a really well-made film, but it's so brutal, especially... At, at, at just, you know, just throughout all of it, it's so brutal to watch, uh, like... In terms of like trying, attempting to kind of understand it, or no, uh, there is that. Um, but like, there's the stuff that happens to him in his life, yeah. uh, It just feels so unrelenting and it just feels so grim. Um, and I do love because I love the, the, if if you haven't seen it, he it's about this Philip C. Hoffman is like gives this um, MacArthur grant to like make his own play, and he decides to make a play that's basically just him recreating stuff from his life in this big elaborate city like set mm. and it is like a really cool idea and it visually looks really awesome watching it and then watching it develop from what is just a small play into like a a city that he's got contained into a warehouse is fascinating but it is very unrelentingly like um bleak uh existential uh, morbid i'm not a person who fears their own mortality but that film st- still brought yeah. it out of me which is so strange um and it is really well made but I just I could not like I don't
1: think I could ever watch it again it's also quite long I (laughs) just to get to a more sort of like relatable reason (laughs) that I don't want to watch again quite long (laughs) I don't want to sit in front of my TV for that amount of time Um, contemplating my death for nearly three hours the main thing I remember about that film was the way it portrays the passage of time like the quick passage of time yeah where it's like his alarm clock will go off and he'll get up and walk across the room to turn it off, and that's meant to be, like, two separate days where he's done that, but they just portray it as one, and it's to kind of convey, like, how quickly his life is moving by. Um, Hmm. I remember, that's kind of the main thing that sticks out to me. Again, I've not seen it in a long time, so I would struggle to have more of a conversation than that little one we just had, (laughs) It was a good conversation. I liked it. Especially because you were put on the spot. I was on the spot Scott on the spot yeah thank god we had Uh, an episode already recorded that I could that I could pull from (laughs) (laughs) Um, what film would you love to have been on the set of Uh, (laughs) Terminator Salvation
0: Terminator Salvation because I want to see
1: the Christian Bale meltdown in person (laughs)
0: I love it. I imagine that you've time-traveled back like a Terminator. <laughs> so you've a, you've appeared naked, which is yeah. weird to begin with, but you've managed to get some clothes. And then you're like, oh, the rant's going to happen any second. The rant's going to happen any <laughs> second. And then suddenly you knock a boom mic, and then Christian Bale turns to you, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. I'm the guy he's ranting at.
1: Like, I... There's so... There's a lot that I, I want to know about that. I want to know... Obviously, we know what happened. The guy walked out during his scene. But, like, I want to see with my own eyes, like, the (laughs) moments building up to that. I want to see if there was tension throughout the day between the two of them and that was just, like, something that bubbled up to the surface suddenly. Um, I want to know, like because the way i often envision it in my head is like the end of training day when denzel washington is yelling at all the people uh in the cul-de-sac and they're all just blankly staring at him and he's just screaming that's <laughs> how i imagine the, the christian bale rant looked in real life <laughs> um i want to see what uh the the lighting guy actually looked like when he went i was uh i was looking at the lights <laughs> like in his little like cheapest defense <laughs> There's just I would Yeah I would go back To the set Of Terminator Salvation uh, To see To see that <laughs> That's my answer I love and it I was sticking to it
0: <laughs> I love it um, I was expecting Something a bit more artistic Like oh I'd love to see How this film was filmed And stuff like that But I love that You've gone for something More
1: sort of
0: <laughs> Scandalous You've yeah. gone for a scandal
1: I love drama I love it <laughs> um, What about you What uh, would yours be I, I
0: thought of any basically basically any sort of godzilla film like old school godzilla like i imagine that set must look awesome with like the miniature buildings and
1: mm-hmm. then the guy in the costume i'd love to see that being filmed that's a good answer because i would like again in a sort of funny way i like i want to see what that looks like in real life as it's happening um, Yeah, that would be cool that would be cool to see in terms of like scaling and things like that but this like very old school way of making something look big i think it would be quite fascinating to see happen i I think it'd be fun
0: because that'd be a a lot of like recent films you would just be talking about going to a set where there's a big green screen and stuff but that sort of seeing that and then you you don't know scott maybe the godzilla suit
1: will catch fire you
0: know you don't know you don't
1: know that's that's a bit of a scandal for you (laughs) i would really like to go back to the set of justice league specifically the reshoots because i would like to see henry cavill dressed up as superman with the mustache because i finally saw a photo of it this week uh because there's all the stuff of the snyder cut and things like that and it reignites your my interest in it um and i went looking for a photo and i found one on instagram and it was very funny and i was like the only thing that would be funnier (laughs) than that is seeing it in real life like i want to see like the full video like i want to see the scene but the way he yeah. looks unaltered by CGI. <laughs> like, what I
0: what I loved is that the it's like the most ridiculous thing, that sort of mustache being on Superman. But there's also got to have been a small amount of tension in the room when everything's being filmed. Because yeah. it's so obvious. And it's not it's gotta be not funny for <laughs> the actual production crew. Because <laughs> that's a serious obstacle <laughs> they have to overcome.
1: Not only so it's this- gonna be
0: like <laughs> It's like there's probably gonna have been a moment where the, the camera guy's focusing up and the director's like look um, Henry I, look, I know you've got a mustache but is there any chance you can like shift it aside yeah. to show your upper lip as much as you can
1: So we got something to work with Yeah um, Someone you just brush it up the way It also must just be like that because obviously that the, the you know the the, 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 the the filmmaking process of that film was such a disaster from the word go I feel like that would just be a constant reminder to everyone of what a disaster it actually was. <laughs> it's like we have Henry Cavill and he's all dressed up as Superman. If we could just get rid of the fucking mustache, this would be so much better. <laughs> oh, man. And you imagine that there's razors on set just in case something changes. Just in case like, they get the word from Paramount and it's like, we're going to let you shave it. Because apparently... <laughs> Apparently, like, they, obviously, the whole thing was that they wouldn't let him shave it because they, they didn't think it would grow back in time for him to return to filming Mission Impossible. But then apparently, like, they finished all the reshoots for Justice League and it wasn't for like another six months or something until they picked up reshoots or they picked up filming again for Mission <laughs> Impossible. So it could have easily grown back in that time. It's just <laughs> so much effort on so many people's parts. <laughs> For the sake of nothing, <laughs> like, for such a minuscule thing. Uh, yeah, those are my answers. All funnies, all goofs. <laughs> I like that.
0: Um, da, 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 da. What are you hitting me with now, baby? Uh, what, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here, right? Oh, no. Uh, what cliffhanger ending would you really like to see just resolved? Just like,
1: just resolved but what cliffhangers have we not had resolved well you know more Air, at the end of aragon like... when the when it turns <laughs> out john malkovich has a dragon re- <laughs> is that what you're kind of talking about <laughs> I, I don't remember aragon
0: who's remembering aragon i that don't remember, remember aragon i just remember that
1: one moment i remember the playstation 2 game was really good i think i was young all right in case anyone's yelling no it wasn't oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I worked on it and it wasn't <laughs> um, I mean I guess obviously franchise films cliffhangers always resolved because it's the, in the next film yeah. but I guess more sort of um, sort of broader films where the ha- it's a deliberate cliffhanger and even though you know artistically it should stay as a cliffhanger you'd really just love to see how it's resolved
1: hmm that's a difficult one because I can think of films... I can think of films that, in a way, kind of have cliffhangers, but then also I wouldn't really count them as cliffhangers. Like, I, I've always said I would really love to see a continuation of the Jim Carrey Series of Unfortunate Events series. Oh, okay. I see what... Yeah. Um, I'm not crazy about the Neil Patrick Harris one. I think a lot of that might stem from how much I love the Jim Carrey movie, um and how when you watch the first when i watched the first season of the tv show all i kept thinking was oh well that's not how they did it they did it better their film had a better tone all this kind of stuff um and so i've always you know i've i know that there's that's you know it's not a cliffhanger per se but it is you know you get to the end of that movie and count olaf is still still escapes and is still at large and you know there's more stories to be told because there's like ten more books. Um, yeah, I also like the other one that kind of comes to my mind is like, which again is it, not so much a cliffhanger, uh, is the end of Master and Commander. The I've not seen Master and Commander. Okay, well I I, I won't spoil it then. I mean it's not like a huge spoiler. Um, but there's a there's a, after you think all has been resolved at the end of Master and Commander, there's a little moment where they go had the bus. Maybe that wasn't actually what we thought it was. Quick, we need to turn this fucking boat around and go catch up with the other boat. Um, and it's it's both like a fun little moment of like a fun way to end the film where it's like, oh, they're off to get into more more adventures. Here we go. But then more it's misties. also kind of... there Again, it's a case of like, that is based on a series of books. There are more Master and Commander stories to be told. Um, but they just haven't been told on film again. Apparently because it's a real fucking nightmare to shoot movies at sea... <laughs> um, <laughs> and I don't think the film made the money back that they hoped it would. So it didn't kind of warrant a yeah. sequel. But I guess those are my two answers. I don't really have. Yeah, like I can't really think of like straight up cliffhangers that have not been resolved. Uh, that, that's okay, Scott. You were on the spot. Can so, you imagine yeah. if the coronavirus pandemic had happened between infinity war and Endgame. <laughs> i did
0: i did think about that uh, near the beginning because it was like there are obviously a delay in all movies including the marvel films but actually marvel have really lucked out because this is the perfect time to have
1: a delay yeah because everybody up, like, was saying that marvel they kind of wanted back. a break yeah. almost weren't they
0: yeah it was kind of like yeah we're, we're like black widow was coming but every, everyone was like yeah i mean i'll see another marvel film because they're, they're fun to like to watch and see them all connected, and this one is kind of connected to the rest of them anyway—the Black Widow one. Yeah, but it is like it's come at the perfect time for him of like just yeah that yeah it's just a nice yeah. bit of a gap because Black
1: like, let hype it all up again. Black Widow is one of those ones that I will see kind of mostly out of this fact that I'm a bit of a completionist when it comes to that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I didn't have like an, an immense interest in it. It was just another film in a long slate of films that I would see. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, imagine if like the fucking if films had stopped being released right as like the the resolution to one of the biggest cliffhangers of all time, uh, you know, was about to come out. That'd be rough. Yeah. That would be fucking. That would have been crazy. (laughs) I think it would have ended up being
0: overhyped, right? Because I always think that was what. It was one of the worst things about the Sherlock TV series is that they always left the last episode on a massive cliffhanger, but then it took them so long to make the next series that by the time you came back, you didn't care about the cliffhanger anymore. You're like, all yeah. oh, right, okay, who cares? You, there is a, <clears there's throat> that possibility of like, hype, 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 flat. No one cares anymore.
1: I think that that end of season two, Sherlock going into season three, like that first episode of season three, I think was when... That was the moment, I think, me and a lot of people looked at that show in a kind of... Maybe this actually isn't very good. Yeah. Because it was so, like... We spent all this time waiting to hear how he survived the fall. Like, speculating on how he survived the fall. And then they never tell you. They give you a couple Mm. of, like, funny little fan theories that they've got. But never give you a definitive answer. And then never give you a definitive answer for the remainder of the show. And it's like, oh, so... The answer is just that he's Sherlock Holmes and he just did it because he's smart. Hmm. He went into his mind palace and that stopped his bones from breaking. I don't fucking know. But then it's like, I think Shit. that kind of then caused, caused me to like, take a look back and be like, oh, maybe this actually wasn't very good <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> it's weird because Sherlock was like the best thing on the planet at one point for
0: everybody who'd ever seen it. Uh-huh. But it really did... Just it, it's a its one of the few shows that later series was so bad it ruined all of it somehow. Yeah, it really did. Mental. It really
1: did. It's—it's it's not one of those ones that I can look at and go, "Well, this is bad," but we still have the good stuff because I just don't—I don't see it as good anymore. I just see it all as cringy and weird and tailor-made to like the Tumblr universe. Yeah, uh, and it's just not for me at all. Um so yeah i've, I've kind of never really gone back to sherlock but what I, i'm hoping that what you're gonna do is you're gonna hit me with a fucking cliffhanger that i didn't think of that isn't I, Eragon.
0: <laughs> I don't think i feel like this is definitely more of an emotional one i was thinking about but i always get to the end of in bruges where um okay. colin farrell has been shot and like he he wants to be out of it bruges he wants to go and make it up to the to the woman and like, obviously you don't need a cliffhanger to that you don't need a resolution to that but me it w- I, I've always thought wouldn't it be cool if you could just find out what happened, what to, him happened after to him whether yeah. he did make it, whether he did try and make up for it I'm sure there's a um, fan
1: fiction out there somewhere for that I will I'll appreciate it um, I, appreciate I want it. to know if uh, Mark Zuckerberg's ex-girlfriend ever added him as a friend on Facebook <laughs> that's real you could probably <laughs> find that out ask him um, yeah that's the closest to a cliffhanger I could think of uh, are there any TV shows that got cancelled on a big cliffhanger TV shows? I remember there was that show Flash Forward, do you remember that one?
0: no I don't
1: that was the one where for like a minute everyone in the world blacked out and all had a vision of the future okay and then they did a whole season of it and I, th- I didn't watch the whole season. I only watched, I think, the first half. But I, I it got to the end of season one, and it got cancelled. And I think season one ends where like it happens again. There's like another, there's like another blackout, and everybody sees something, but then the show never got renewed for a second season. So you don't know the resolution to that at all. That's so strange. Um,
0: I feel like most TV shows, because of all of streaming and Netflix and stuff, they've had some sort of resolution. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if it's got
1: a big enough cult following and enough people care, then it gets a resolution. What about something like, uh... What about something like No Country for Old Men? Which famously ends on Tommy Lee Jones describing a dream and you not kind of getting to find out What happens to Anton Chigurh if he gets away altogether or anything like that? Uh, And obviously, metaphorically, that works for the film.
0: Yeah. yeah. But
1: from like a plot perspective, is there any part of you that's like, I would watch a No Country for Old Men 2, Electric Boogaloo, (laughs) (laughs) to see what happens. Yeah, I absolutely would. That's a great answer,
0: No Country for Old Men. I'd love to see like... Like, no, I wouldn't. Like, if they came out and said we're making No Country for Old Men and we're tying up the loose ends, I'd be like, "No, that's a stupid idea." Yeah. <laughs> but I, I would. I would still watch it because I'd be intrigued. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, that's, let's let's find out. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, what have you got for me? What 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 you hit me with next? I'm Scott curious. on the spot. Scott on the spot. <laughs> What's he got? Does he like it or not? I do. Scott like on it. the spot. Um. What director would you give an unlimited budget and complete creative control to? Ooh. Dude's got on the spot. Fill in the blank silence here. Carry on. (laughs) He just... I don't know. That's tough. It's hard, obviously, to have, like, unlimited budget and creative control because there's a lot of directors... You think that would ruin. Like yeah. they would they would it wouldn't work for him. Um, they would go insane. It be creative control or, <laughs> or unlimited money. They'd basically be Synecdoche in New York. We're like, look we're at, gonna make the
1: real film, but it's in this warehouse. Look at the times where it's happened. You got what's his face? Zack Snyder. Because given all the money he wants yes. to make Sucker Punch, it's a fucking unmitigated disaster.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, it's unfortunate if it turns too vain, isn't it, where nobody like, like that's famously what happened on the prequel trilogies. Why well, was that Wars. was given? It like our
1: next one was the prequel trilogy. Yeah,
0: complete creative
1: control, and they aren't good <laughs> films. Almost makes you wonder how much of the original Star Wars really is George Lucas. You know what I mean? And how much of it is yeah. the people around him <laughs> being able to <laughs> rein in his fucking wacky ideas and make it into something palatable.
0: Yeah, I would also say budget constraints, though, because the first Star Wars is a very focused film, Mm. but it could also be a focused film because he's only got a certain amount of sets and he's only got a certain amount of characters and costumes to work with so that's what makes it so right well because he like obviously star wars a new hope is famously a part of a bigger war you're just seeing a part of this massive war Mm -hmm. but you're like what if he had unlimited budget at that point would he have just made star wars a massive war with all of these characters yeah like maybe it's the constraint that made him like focus it
1: what was the other one the one i've always wanted to do an episode on for second opinion because i've not seen it colin trevorrow uh, and he did the Book of Henry, Book of Henry, which is yeah. supposedly again just a fucking disaster. Which not not so much on the unlimited budget scale side of things, hmm. but uh, definitely was allowed. I think to do whatever that he wanted, and I, from what I understand, it's tough to watch. Um, but I don't I yes, don't know that that is, is a I... that is a tough one because I'm sure I, nothing is maybe um this is the problem with not having access to my phone right now is that i can't remember names of people (laughs) the director of green room uh, sorry not green room yes green room i was in my head i went no you've just said green book but i said green room (laughs) uh the director of green room and blue ruin and murder party i because i like his style so much that I'd be Hmm. quite interested to see what he was... he could do when unrestrained. Um, Okay. But at the same time, I think maybe what I like about his films the most is how kind of small-scale they are. I like that he's able to create uh, such a kind of... a a conflict uh, Hmm. in this, like, one tiny little, like, microcosm of the world in Green Room. You know what I mean? How he, like... Basically boils those main characters' worlds down to just this one room. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I. I don't know if I want to see. And also, his last movie wasn't very good. Hold the dark. It was a complicated, oh fucking mess. Oh,
0: you've talked about that on the podcast. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. So I don't know. What What would yours hit me with something? Give me some inspiration. Because sh- you've had time to prepare for My- this.
0: Yeah, but like the yeah. I'm not on the spot. Dan is. Dan has a plan. Dan Dan's has a plan. plan. Scott's on the spot.
1: That's um, the name of this my, episode. My choice.
0: <laughs> my my choice is very specific to like me, and I was uh, I was thinking about it because um, uh, it's it's Brian Henson, uh, Jim Henson's son. Okay. Um, because it, Muppets and Muppet films have really gone out of popularity, which is such a shame because. Like Labyrinth and Dark Crystal are such um, creative films, Mm -hmm. Um, and then Brian Henson is kind of taken over the reign of like what Jim Henson was doing in his day, Uh, and like the other like not last year but the year before he made the Happy Time Murders and it was terrible. It just wasn't good, but you could tell the creativity was behind it, Mm. and you could tell that like it had been workshopped. It was a film that maybe at some point was like the Muppets version of who framed Roger Rabbit. And it had been so creative and fun and like, uh, really, really sort of like just a joy to watch, but they, they've like battered it and like, they've, they've got through test audience. So it needs more jokes here. It needs more jokes here. And it becomes like a, just kind of weird stereotypical yeah. comedy. But um, with puppets. Yeah. But with puppets. And I was like, I've, I, I feel like there was an interview I watched with Brian Henson talking about it he just really was he, you could tell he just wasn't really happy with that film and I'm like there's a man who because he's like uh, he's got these puppets there's a certain amount of budget that needs to be in his films and if he could just have that creative control I'd love to see another Dark Crystal or Labyrinth something just so
1: bizarre and like a whole world with like puppets everywhere and just really going for it that's a good answer yeah I'm not really I've not really watched too many like I've not watched the Dark the Dark Crystal or uh, anything like that. I, I don't know if I'm a... I'm not a big puppet guy. I feel like that's something I've learned about myself in, in recent years. <laughs> I'm not a big puppet boy. Puppets? I'm a real boy, puppet. damn it. <laughs> i are uh, more I th- man than Muppet. I thought your answer would be Richard Linklater, so I'm very proud that you... <laughs> no,
0: because Richard Linklater is very much a... Uh, he's he's makes sense of smaller budget because I feel like he could have Richard Linklater could have made bigger budget films if he'd wanted to. Yeah. Uh, I feel like he could have definitely gone down that path, but it feels more deliberate that he didn't.
1: Would you watch a Richard Linklater superhero movie? Uh, it'd be very human. Uh, I would human if he man wanted to do a superhero. Movie. <laughs>
0: human man, the manliest human of all the humans. (laughs) Let's hear about all his problems. I'd absolutely watch him do a superhero film. That would be really interesting. I think he would, uh, he would bring a sort of uh, different sort of perspective to it all. That would be really, really interesting. And I don't think, I don't think he would rule it out because he's, his career is like some bizarre genres. He just, because most of the time it's a sense of like, it's not far straying from slacker of people talking conversations relaxing moments it's like very just human interaction but then he does something like a scanner darkly mm. or newton boys it's a fucking western he's like yeah he just goes for like almost like one day he wakes up and goes yeah i'd love to give that a go
1: yeah for someone who works on it. such like restrained budgets he, he is good at always kind of changing it up when he can hmm um yeah, yeah i do wonder if maybe <clears throat> covid uh if a lot of it maybe is from like that a lot of directors that i really like have already been given an opportunity to almost do what they want with a restraint where with a with a a kind of unlimited budget in a way because i was thinking of like uh denis Villeneuve who and he did blade runner 2049 which is like Mm. such a perfect pairing uh in my eyes, like some something like Ryan Johnson getting the Last Jedi, I think that's a fucking great pairing. But then even like old older school, like like you know Tim Burton with Batman Returns, like that's not a Batman movie, that's a Tim Burton movie that Batman's in. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, I love shit like that. So I don't know. That is a genuinely really tough one. I would love to see Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Finally, just get given as much fucking money as they want to just do what they want. Um, yeah, because I That'd feel be like cool. they they did the two Jump Street movies, which are fantastic, the Lego movie, which is fantastic, Clayway, Chance Meatballs, which is fantastic, and then since then Hollywood has just fucking batted them about. It seems like they're so unsure of what to do with these guys. Spider Verse. Well, that's the thing. Is like they're att- they were attached to Spider Verse. Spider Verse comes out and is a fucking masterpiece, um, and it's like. Hmm. I just It seems like so long since we've had... uh, I think the last film we had that was a straight-up film from them would have been 22 Jump Street. Yeah. Which at this point is like 2016 or something, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe even earlier than that. In fact, I think it would be earlier than that. Again, can't look at my phone. Um, So it's like, yeah, I feel like I would love to just see them just get given as much money as they fucking want and just let them do something that they want to do rather than almost specializing in... Taking things that should be bad and making them good. Like I just want them to take an yeah. idea that they think is good and just make that. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I'm gonna sit that's my answer. Phil Lord and Chris Miller.
0: I like it. Those damn
1: boys. Thanks, man. You're making me feel good. I approve. How many questions? Um, are, how many questions did you make? Uh, Loads. So we we just oh, go okay. until you just go until we just
0: go until we we're, we're finished recording. I love it. Like, This is uh, this is Dan the plan on with against Scott on the spot. But in a way,
1: when it comes to finishing up, that will be Dan on the spot. Oh yeah, because you'll be like, right, you're done, and I'll be like, "Ah, you'll be like, oh, I didn't want to be done. I didn't do the best question yet. (laughs) Hit me with another one, baby. Um...
0: Here's a here's a slightly a slightly upmarket pretentious one. Could you just put your beret on for a oh, second, just so that I you gotta just... get my beret? I haven't worn it in so long; I don't even know where it is. Could you just go <laughs> like that with, with a your, little chef's your kiss? Yeah. Mm. Uh, what foreign film, oh. foreign language film, I should say, would you love to appreciate in the original language?
1: <suspense> oh, so like I could watch it without. Uh, without having to read subtitles, aye, and you'd understand it. <clears throat> okay. To be honest, probably a Miyazaki film. I don't know how much difference that makes to me, though. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't mind. I don't mind reading. Like I, I find I always get to a point with subtitles films where I barely even recognise that I'm reading subtitles anymore. You know what I mean? That My brain just enough, does, yeah. The brain just does the work for you. Um. Mm. Yeah, probably like a Miyazaki film. If I had to pick. Maybe. Hmm. Like a Kiki's Delivery Service. Okay. Because that film is so chill that it's like. It'd be nice to not have to read. (laughs) You know what I mean? It'd be nice to, like, (laughs) properly relax to that movie. And I know you can watch the the dub version, and, you know, the dub version is fine. Um, But yeah, it would be nice to just, like,. Properly chill out to that movie in the way that it was intended by the director. Um, I like that answer. That's pretty nice. Something I, I often think about, like performances in foreign films, is like a lot of the times I think I think like when you watch a foreign movie, and I think sometimes you just see the the performance as incredible because they. Uh, you know are like get, get conveying the emotion across to you that you need to but you know even though it's like a different culture and things like that you're you're still being like getting what you you need from that actor if that makes sense mm. yeah but i wonder sometimes if it's like because you don't know the way that people naturally talk to each other in that language that you just instinctively think it's good if that makes sense hmm. does that make sense i can see what you mean <clears throat> it does
0: uh, i think more more specifically is translation um because what you're reading on the subtitles isn't like um isn't it is not just word for word translation because mm. it can't be so you do wonder like the, who, it is re- it's really fascinating what wh- whoever write whoever translates, and puts subtitles over a foreign film is making a huge artistic choice. Hmm. They're like finding the closest words they can, but those words still, like to us, that's our biggest impact of the dialogue. Uh, and you could find that, like somebody who's speaking in their own language is using like colloquialisms and idioms and like st- like stuff of their own language that's like more recognisable to people in their country as being um associated with this that and the other uh, whereas somebody else has come along and has used different idioms and colloquialisms that we associate with different things which i think is really fascinating that translator of the subtitles is like that is like it just it's it's interesting how much of a big decision that is to make
1: mm. no it is because um <clears throat> like from kind of being a big fan of the Miyazaki films like there are a couple that I've watched uh with the dub version and it's you know it's always good but they're or you know for the most part it's good some of them are a little bit dodgy but sometimes when it comes to the dubbed versions it's like there have been in my opinion like such drastic changes to the intent of the you know the scene uh in terms of the way they're having to say the dialogue in English, that it can just change the meaning behind, like, a whole scene. Um, hmm. And this is more to do with the way that it was rewritten um, when they were doing the English dub, but uh, the film The Wind Rises, uh, there is a scene in that where a one of the characters says to the other character, I've loved you ever since I caught your hat. That's me trying to remember off the top of my head. I'm sure it's something like that. I've loved you ever since I I caught your hat. Ever since the day I caught your hat. In the English version, I think she says, I'm in love with you and nothing is going to stop me. And the reason they apparently changed it is because when the those two characters meet for the first time, so when his hat blows off in the wind and she catches it, she is much younger than the main character.
0: Right. Obviously when she then confesses
1: okay. her love for him, it's years later, but she is obviously, in those opening scenes, she is a child and he is older. And so I think that the, the, the reason they changed it for the English version was because they thought that Western audiences would see that as weird if yes, this guy yeah. is saying i've loved you ever since you caught my hat and it's like well when she caught your hat she was like seven years old maybe <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> um okay but then it's like by doing that you're in changing you're changing the intent of that whole scene you know what i mean mm. yeah they've made a conscious artistic decision yeah which is why i i always try i try to not watch the dubbed versions because I want to make sure that I'm watching the experience that the that, that the director wanted me to have. Hmm. Yeah. But then sometimes you just want to fucking chill and watch Kiki's delivery service and it's like, oh, I'll just let Kirsten Dunst do the talking. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, eh? Exactly. And Phil
0: Hartman's in it as well.
1: Yeah. And how often do you get to hear uh, him?
0: Not very often. Eight
1: think? seasons of The Simpsons or something like that. <laughs> uh um, what, about, what, what is your strange. do you have like a do you have an answer i, I actually struggled <laughs> for this one
0: which is weird because i know I, I i wrote the question but i, I struggled because I, I was like because i thought of parasite to begin with because just because mate mostly it's the one the foreign language film that's kind of on everyone's mind recently because mm. it's the the biggest one to have come out recently but then i thought the acting was so good that the, as you said before the actors convey the emotion uh, and I often think of like the the father from the the family in the front of the car getting furious at the rich guy behind him, and you're like, you don't need like to understand what he's saying yeah. perfectly to understand the emotion that's coming across. So I found it hard. The only one that I could think of was a film that was by the director who did Old Boy, called uh, I'm a Cyborg, but that's okay. I have uh, seen that a long time ago. I, I haven't seen it for a long time, but I remember thinking that's that sort of because it's about a, a love story in a set in like a, a an asylum um something like a love story an interaction between two people is kind of the the most justification i could think of like ne- wanting to understand like how they speak to each other and how they mm. interact with each other to the most amount of level and uh, i think it's on my mind because i've always w- i've wanted to rewatch it recently because i don't really remember it that well but i remember it being sweet and i was like that would be a lovely film to like watch it's very sweet and then really sort of understand exactly how they're
1: speaking to each other. Yeah. That's a, a good show. Good thing you had time to think about that. <laughs> I'm not on the spot. You dick. Scott, you're the one on the spot. I am, and I feel on the spot. As these questions go on, I feel more and more on the spot. Ask me okay. about foreign films. I got time <laughs> for that shit.
0: <laughs> Ooh. Um, what uh what film captures the teenage experience the best scott on the spot oh,
1: scott on the spot scott on the spot eighth grade i have written down eighth grade as well good it's good that we're on it's the same page <laughs>
0: um eighth grade yeah i thought that that sort of anxiety is like perfectly captured in that film yeah because that and, and even though yeah i would say that I, I don't know about your school, but in my school of our age, Grange, social media was there, but it wasn't a big thing. Mm. Like, it really, like, I I not everyone had smartphones yet, so it wasn't as sort of all-encompassing. Um, so it's, the, the eighth grade shouldn't be uh, directly applicable, but somehow it is. Yeah. It still is. It's like, social media hasn't made, um, like, teenager worse. It's just amplified it. Uh-huh.
1: Because I think I don't think social media, obviously, what it is now, we didn't have that, but we had, like, our you know we had like Bebo and things like that, you know <laughs> what I mean? Which an yeah. MSN, those kind mm-hmm. of things, you know what I mean? So it was like you were still kind of connected, it just wasn't all the time because we didn't have it on our phones as well. Um, mm-hmm. but I think yeah, I think that the, the the whole thing with eighth grade is that. Eighth grade does feel like the first really genuine portrayal of what it's like to be a bit of an outsider at school. Um, because I think so many movies, like no matter how sort of genuine they might be trying to be and be, they still fall into a lot of those high school movie tropes of, like, there's cliques. And like, these people sit with these people. Or it's got that snappy kind of, like, you mean girls dialogue. And we all talk like this. And we're all funny. And blah, blah, blah. Um, whereas 8th grade does genuinely just feel like what it was like to be at school which is that you're just constantly on edge that people are going to find out that you're not cool or something like that you know what I mean <laughs> or that you're going to do something yeah. that will seem so inconsequential but kids can be so shitty that like they'll just take that and like that's part of your identity for the rest of your time at school you know what I mean? And when you're in the moment, mm. it all feels so fucking important. It's not till you get that perspective and realize that it's not. Um, yeah. Which is why, like, when your parents are like, "Oh, you know, like, in a few years, like, none of this will matter." It's like you you can't like register that when you're that age because you're like, "This is all I yeah. fucking know." Um, but yeah, and I think it it captures that like so perfectly. Where like even you know you get to the end and when she goes and confronts her bully, it's not this big like dramatic scene it's like she goes and she says what she needs to say and like the barely the bully still barely even acknowledges that she's there you know what i mean Mm. and you feel so good for her because she stood up for herself but like just in the way that school works it's like they just look at her and go like fucking whatever you know what i mean um yeah yeah i think it's it is
0: is strange that that part of being a teenager where if you are in any way bullied and maybe not even as aggressive as the word bully implies but if someone's trying to wind you up in school if you ignore it you seem submissive if you rise to it you get you're giving them a reaction so there yeah. is that 8th grade really captures that sort of hopelessness yeah yeah, <laughs> which sounds really really bleak but like but hopelessness then, in high school at
1: the same time it, it, it's bleak but then you know at the end of that movie it does kind of start to show that like yeah you do eventually find your people you know, yeah. what I mean, I think I think the big the, the big issue with school and again, something that that film captures really well is that you are just trying to push down so much that almost makes you you so that you can fit in as much as possible. So it's mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I think about like, uh, well, there's that there's that scene where there's a the scene where she's at the birthday party. And the girl opens her present, and it's a game. It's like a it's like a fun card game that she's got. Yeah. I she's like, oh, it's this really cool game. Like, like you you do this, and you play it like this, and, like, oh, you know, like, it's really fun. And the girl's just so disinterested, and everyone's looking at her like she's a fucking freak. And it's like, she just bought you a fucking present. It's like a fun game that you could play. Like, why are you all being yeah. such pieces of shit, man? And even on a more, like... Uh, No, and that same level, like, that kind of thing of, like, pushing down things that you enjoy, it's, like, on a more maybe superficial level, it's, like, you think about, like, things that were popular when we were at school, stuff like the Twilight movies, and stuff like the high school musical movies, and, like, as a young man, I think you just innately think, like, oh, I have to not like those things, like, I'm not going to give them a chance because that's lame to like those things, Twilight I fucking love Twilight. I love it so That's much. That's funny.
0: I've I've recently rewatched all the Twilight films just
1: just a couple of weeks ago. So not good in the traditional sense, <laughs> but very good all at the same time. And it's the same with um Katie right now is showing me uh all the high school musical movies as like kind of a joke. Okay. She's revisiting her childhood and I'm like I've never seen them so I'm like oh this is fun and uh i remember i i remember the first one was so big when it came out when we were kids and i I remember seeing bits and pieces of it and i just was like oh this fucking sucks even though i knew all the songs off by heart in my head you know what i mean but you're just like oh this fucking sucks we watched high school musical 2 last week it's great like it's genuinely (laughs) really solid like it's dumb as fuck uh like the troy bolton's troy bolton have you seen high school musical 2 Not the second one, no. Troy Bolton gets all his friends a really cool like that. He gets literally everyone a job at this golf course that he works at. So the whole school (laughs) basically works at this golf course, um, which is ridiculous. Not how companies work. (laughs) But then later on in the film, when like good stuff starts happening to Troy, and he like gets invited to go hang out with these like professional basketball players. Uh, and he gets offered a promotion at job and stuff and all his friends are just like oh fuck you man like you used to be used to be one of us but now you're now you're like now you're fucking off now you're going hanging out with these professional basketball players he's like yeah because he's doing good in his life and you should support him because he's your friend don't be a (laughs) dick and be like oh you should stay here in the kitchen forever and work with us (laughs) like you know what i mean um things like that are ridiculous but it is like genuinely a really it's genuinely like a really entertaining film but it's like when you're a kid you just you fucking push all that down don't talk about how much like star wars don't talk about how much like pokemon keep all that shit down and then like the, the but then the second you find your people and you can talk about that stuff and like enjoy that stuff it's like so it's so like freeing you know what i mean yeah and i think for i think for most of us you don't fully experience that until you get to college or university. But I think eighth mm. grade gives you that nice little glimmer of hope at the end that like this is what is to come. Like eventually you will find you will find your people. Like you'll find your tribe and everything will work out and you'll just be able to be yourself. And people will love you for it. Um Aww. And I think that's why that film is very good. It's one of the best fucking movies, in my opinion, that exists because i don't think there's a film that captures yeah the school experience quite like eighth grade and it's impressive even from no. bo burnham stand up like a uh, uh, standpoint like obviously he grew up when he would have probably went to school around the same time as us like he would have had the same relationship with social media yeah yet he still he still just seems to, he see he gets like he's obviously done his research and he gets how social media works now when it comes to teenagers and young people and um yeah it's a really fucking good film it's the film that you want people good that age to watch you just you but you know they would, yeah you know so what i mean but it's like, yeah um but yeah that's my answer good choice and it's your answer too so we're both on the same page and yeah. that's good um what if i had answered high school musical 2
0: uh, I would have uh, thought that that your school must have been a very different experience to mine. Would you have heard
1: me out though? Would you have heard my lukewarm defence of? I'd, that I, I would school have given too? you your time in court.
0: I'd have definitely given
1: you your time in. And court. then shut this podcast down. Yeah. Shut it down. Hey Scott, welcome back to Scott at the Spot. Uh, Didn't go anywhere, the but. Question- <laughs>
0: <laughs> the last question is, what who, what director would you have direct your biopic?
1: Oh, the Wachowski brothers. Wow, well, no, the, the Wachowski, Wachowski the Wachowski sisters, siblings, siblings, siblings yeah, siblings. Wachowski siblings. siblings. Um, I want my biopic to look and sound like Speed Racer.
0: That's fair enough. Speed I wanted it to have that same
1: visceral, confusing energy <laughs> that Speed Racer has. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah it sums up your life well i feel like it would take the sort of more mundane parts of my life and make them very very exciting and colorful to look at and you know me i like yeah. colors so yeah i'm going with the wachowskis specifically the aesthetic of speed racer
0: okay so you want you're like hey wachowskis you can do my biopic but please make it you know that film that you did that wasn't very successful
1: that no one saw do it like that except me and i love it <laughs> That's well, a good answer. Who like would yours be?
0: I would be. I would have gone Richard Linklater. Not just because he's my favorite director, right? Not not that like that is a big factor, mm-hmm. but also because he's he's a person who's very uh, humanistic. He's very empathetic, and I feel like if I had uh, in this biopic done anything wrong, mm-hmm. he would at least depict me in a way where I'd seem seem okay. He's like, look, he's just trying. You know, Richard Linklater doesn't really do villains. Mm. Not really. Like most of his film, even if he ever does try to do a villain, it usually comes off a bit flat, because in his mind, everybody's just trying their best, and that's what I want depicted in my biopic. No matter what I did, try my best.
1: Yeah, you know what? I, I like that, and I feel like you have a Richard Linklater aesthetic. You know,
0: a what? Sorry, you, you have you, you went you, a bit compute-y.
1: You you have a Richard Linklater aesthetic. In my opinion. Oh, thank you. I feel like you'd fit thank into you. his universes quite nicely. You know, you're just Danny. You're just a. You're just a. You know, you're a guy. Like you're. Yeah. You're a smart guy. You're an intelligent guy. You got your ambitions. You know. Things are all working out. I feel like it would. I feel like he'd capture your life quite nicely, Danny. All right. All
0: right. All All right.
1: right. Um. But I. I had that was a lot of fun. I know you have other questions. Um. But we may just save those for another episode. Yeah, because there's gonna be more to of these lockdown the episodes, obviously. So Um yeah. I feel like I, when I you was least expect it. I was enjoying this thoroughly, but we uh we were, we've kinda of had some technical issues which have been edited out. Um <laughs> yeah. that have kind of made the process Hopefully. of recording this podcast much longer than intended. <laughs> um But uh I've really enjoyed this. I think I'd be happy to just do more of these for a while, like you know, for when we can't think of like a film to talk about. Like I'd be quite happy yeah. with this because um yeah like i said i think sometimes it's it's hard to do the the watching the film thing like by yourself like a real big part of that is watching it together and kind yeah, of communal. spitballing ideas like while we're watching the film about what we want to talk about and things like that and uh we could just do some planning but <laughs> who's got time <laughs> for that um but yeah uh the this is yeah this has been a fun episode i've really enjoyed this episode um awesome feel like it's a good idea and it's been nice and carefree and whimsical we talked about christian bale's rants it was a good rant we got passionate about eighth grade very passionate i pretended eighth grade was my favorite uh high school movie when natural fact is high school musical 2 and then i just subtly segued into being able to talk about high school musical 2 while i don't know if you realized how subtle
0: (laughs) Uh, I, actually, my favourite one's Twilight, but I was pretty subtle on
1: that. I think I was even more subtle than you. The first Twilight is very good. It's very bad, but very good also at the same time. It's nowhere near as bad as people made it out to be when it first came out. No. Not by a long shot. No. No. Not by a country mile country. Exactly. Uh, well, this has been a pleasure, Danny. Um, it's been a pleasure. I guess we'll we'll just sign off here. We'll tell people to eat their J.K. Simmons, enjoy their eat J.K. Simmons lockdown days. Make the best of it. Stay safe out there, everyone. I know that things are easing, but not easing so much that you should start taking the piss. You know what I mean? Still, exactly. Stay away from shops, specifically the one I work in. If you're sick, don't bring me your disease. <laughs> um, okay, that's a fair, uh, that's a fair public announcement. I, I think it's very fair. I th- stay away from me. Do what you want, but stay away from me. <laughs> and that also extends to after lockdown is over. Yeah. Years from now when coronavirus is a thing of the past. Do what you want, but, but stay away from me. <laughs> Scott Morrison. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I love you all very much. We'll sign off there and we'll see you guys next time. Love you. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye.